The wise man can pick up a grain of sand and envision a whole universe. But the stupid man will just lay down on some seaweed and roll around until he's completely draped in it. Then he'll stand up and go, hey, I'm Vine Man. Hello and welcome to episode 292 of Under the Call of MS. Normal Thursday episode, some comics, some MS, some whatever. Today we're going to start out, that was just a little card that I just got. And that saying was on there, a deep thought saying. So That was funny, so I had to use it for the episode start today. Starting out with Dirtbag Rapture, number two, from Oni Press. We're getting deeper into her hauntingly ghost lifestyle of having to transfer ghosts to new places, move them around because they're stuck, connected to, chained to small areas that they can roam around in and she'll take them wherever they want to go for a certain fee. And when she's not really wasted or on a plane, she can't get ghostly people out of her mind and can't quiet her mind. So she tends to be wasted a lot, and when she can afford it, she hops on a plane just to get away from it all. But we're still learning more about the newest ghost that she hooked up with that wanted her to take her to Paris. Instead, we find out that she's part of a bigger plan of some type of demonic forces that are trying to take control of this lady and her powers. And for some reason, they still want her to take this new gal to Paris. And along with it all, it's the new gal keeps saying it's going to lead up to some massive thing that's going to lead to the end of the world or something like that. But she's not getting all the details that she needs. And she doesn't care. She just wants to dump the people off and get these demons off her ass and out of her life so she can go back to her normal, annoying, ghost-filled life of transferring spirits around. But they get attacked in this this issue by one of the demonic forces that possessed a police officer. So they look like they're running from the police and harming the police. And it's just getting her into more trouble along the way while all this is going on. But the entity gives us some hints into who these demons are and how they work and how all these souls, different souls work and spirits. And it's, we get to find out more about her backstory and how she got her powers and what happened once she got her powers and how she lost other jobs because of her powers. And it's just 
this issue is more of a finding some answers and getting to meet the demons portion of the story. Still a good, interesting story. I'm enjoying the different look on things. I wish she wasn't so crabby, but I get it. Can't get no sleep when you constantly have ghosts coming through your brain and bugging you and asking questions and constantly t- yapping away. They won't even follow her rules in her little mental ghost house that she has to keep the ghost in until they decide where they want to go or until she decides to dump them off somewhere. But yeah, I say check it out. Dirtbag Rapture, number two. I don't know if it's going to be a short run or not. I can see this one going on for a while. And then we checked out Spawn 323 from Image Comics. Spawn's still in a weakened state and happens to be introduced to a a vampire that thinks he's like a head vampire. Thinks he's just a badass because he controls his masses and they're taking over things and they have plans to try and combine forces with Spawn to deal with the upcoming enemies and the apocalypse that's being brought into fruition, especially because Spawn kind of sealed off areas that causes the demons to have to merge in this realm. But this character gives Spawn an ultimatum, and that's usually a stupid thing to do because Spawn doesn't trust anybody, and likely he shouldn't. I like kind of... I like this character, this vampiric character... I would have liked to have seen more of them before this to get to know them a little bit better. But in here, he threatens Spawn continuously with certain things and keeps telling Spawn that he's just such a badass and he tries to prove it by pulling a few stunts and he just didn't get the news that Spawn can control the dead. So in here we happen to have a conflict between Spawn and a vampire and we also get to see a conflict brewing between vampires and zombies. So it's It's an interesting chunk of the story. I like where where it's still leading. And I'm definitely going to stick with that series for a while. And then I checked out a four-issue run of comics. 
that are a crossover called sorry between yawning and air bubbles and everything else i just can't stop <laughs> can't wake up can't get going cat decided last night it was time to get up at 12 30. instead of three four one now it's 12 30 so tonight it's probably going to be midnight or 11 30 and and it sucks because there was a hockey game on last night with the Avalanche, which I gave up in the third period because they were getting their asses whooped. <laughs> it's not a good game for them. But I was sitting upstairs. Shelly was downstairs sleeping. And the cat could have just hung with me and played outside. And did some things to entertain himself. Instead, the little shit snuck downstairs and crawled in bed with Shelly. And then he's awake. A few hours later, ready to go again. And it's like, damn it. Dumped a big box of stuff off the bookshelves that are homemade headboard. That stuff's still all over the floor. I still got to clean that up. It's just tons of computer disks and all that stuff. But it doesn't matter to him. He just kept going. Went on my desk and started knocking shit off. Just going wherever. Just to constantly irritate us. That little shithead. But we checked out. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Flaming Carrot, number one to four, by Mirage Publishing. When they have these crossovers with the Ninja Turtles, uh, they just so happen to all have red bandanas. I don't understand why. They go for all the Raphael look. They still use the names and everything. The artwork's a little cheesier on the Turtles. But the storyline is based on Land of Green Fire. We see a big blimp that's cruising along, and we find out that it's got a certain colonel, military colonel in there, controlling the ship, and he's got the four Ninja Turtles with him. And... Some things happened that kind of set the world on end and everything is in the middle of a major devastation. Uh, different types of storms and chaos and destruction are all happening like in here they come back to one of the military outposts and in a city that's pretty much destroyed and they find a cow and in, in a tree a cow is basically stuck in a tree so one of the turtles 
drops down on a cable and hooks himself up to the cow and they connect it to the blimp and fly the turtle and the cow to safety. And it's just funny watching them sitting on the cow, talking to people. But the story gets a little bit deeper into some chaos and some spiritual stuff and some strange entities once they get put on a new mission and they get sent with an archaeologist on this mission to a land where a city has been revealed. It's uh, basically a rose from the depths of the ocean and now you can see it and some things happen to a crew of military archaeological type people that were working on the city checking out they just disappeared so these characters are being sent to check it out and at the same time a character from the military base contacts a group of other characters to to get them also on the same mission but they didn't hook them up letting both groups know both parties know what's happening so this group is the secret mystery men and they're at their headquarters stateside and they get the call and find out that they're going on a mission and we get to meet some interesting new characters including the flaming carrot that's a famous costumed crime fighter from iron city sort of a simple-minded batman in a very nonsensical but very frightening costume it's like he is a very goofy light-minded character he's always rattling on a bunch of strange things along the way i suppose i could give the synopsis of this story first uh only in the world of comics could such bizarre elements as mutated turtles fiery vegetable headed crime fighters and creatures from the sun be taken in such easy stride comics very foundation is the suspension of disbelief as readers we've become accustomed to the anything is possible school of storytelling but still in all that being the case bob burden and his flaming carrot mythos operate on a whole different level than what we are used to sure anything can happen but you won't find the familiar in bob's stories this is unless it's the echo of some long forgotten childhood memory and to that i say wholeheartedly this project was set in motion several years ago by kevin eastman and it has gone through many changes since it's been at one time or another a giant-sized annual a two-part black and white miniseries and a 150 plus page saga 
the gang actually traveled to the sun in that version. Well, its final form is a four-issue color miniseries, and that feels just right. But hey, maybe we will go to the sun next time. Yeah, it's because it wasn't a synopsis. It's just basically a layout of Eastman's ideas and plans for this back in the future past and how it ended up. But we also have Bondo Man. This is a man of living Bondo. Once devised in an organic putty to use in his body shop, but the experiment got out of control, apparently. Got the shoveler, a former ditch digger and quarry man who found the lost shovel of King Arthur. There's Mystic Hand. This poor bastard, his hands can come off and float across the room to punch, strangle, or poke an enemy in the eye. If he loses sight of them, however, they can get lost and out of his control. There's Mr. Furious, whose awesome strength is fueled by raw anger. He can get so mad that he's bulletproof. <laughs> we got Star Shark. He rolls fast on all five points like a pinwheel. Like a shark, he bites and can eat almost anything. Which this character looks more like a KKK clansman because he's in a white ghost-like outfit and with a pointy head. It doesn't look anything like a shark. We got the Zeke's special super snout. Can sniff out anything like a bloodhound. His eyes can see well in the dark or far away. His big ears can hear a pin drop on the other end of any company's long-distance phone call. <laughs> it's like, this guy's kind of a... Basically a sensory sidekick is his main purpose in life. In the spleen, this character... is a victim of experimental surgery by an insane ham radio operator. His spleen has been placed replaced with a radioactive ham, giving him strange powers. But I don't see him use many different strange powers. And I believe we're leaving a character out or two also in here. But these characters are just Goofy as hell. They're all messed up. Uh, but they're interesting and fun. But we go... Both groups, both parties are working their way to... Get into... Get into the... Archaeological dig site. The site where... These buildings started appearing and coming up out of the ground. Uh, these buildings have like a plastic texture, but you can scrape them. And it's a weird type of plastic material. It doesn't burn. It doesn't, and there's lots of things they try and it just doesn't have, doesn't affect it in the ways you would expect. It's got a whole different complexity to its uh, makeup. But then we get one of these little green fire guys that come out of the woods. And they're just making all kinds of weird 
noises and stuff, and they see a little dot on the chest. And they start shooting it. Nothing's happening. And then they shoot the little dot, and the thing disappears. It kind of turns to ash and floats away. So they start getting into fights with these little fire characters. And a bunch of things happen once both parties are on the island. And they're in separate parts of the island. Things are going on on both sides. The characters are finally starting to meet up randomly throughout here and realizing they're both on the same mission, working the same same deal. And along the way, they come across some special flame characters that you're going to have to read yourself. I don't want to ruin it. They come across a big like Sasquatch monkey type character that attacks them and well they pretty much attack everything first themselves. They don't take into consideration that these might not be evil entities and they just keep fighting away. Then a third entity comes into the storyline that they have to deal with. And then there's a bunch of unique things that happen with some of the characters that ends up going further and further into the story as it goes. Uh, Pretty much got to read it to get it all. I don't want to ruin it, but it was very fun. Uh, Artwork's a little cheesy. The turtles are a little more aggressive than normal turtles. You would expect them to be more friendly, kick back, and let's meet the new people and learn about them, especially Mikey. But no, they're more aggressive in here. They're ready to go. Let's take out anything that comes after us or comes near us. So it's it's a different type of turtle than we're used to. Uh But yeah, I had a lot of fun with this. It, I thought I wouldn't get into it as much as I did, and it, then it pulled me in, and I read through all four issues relatively quick. Uh, there is a lot of writing in there because you got a lot of different characters, so you do get a, get your money's worth. But yeah, check it out. It's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles crossover with the Flaming Carrot. And it's by Mirage Publishing from 1994, 93, 94. And it's a four-issue run. So check that out. And then I've been... Seen a lot of postings on the MS sites lately. People that are giving up. It's that time of year where suicide's higher. higher. Uh, lots of people just majorly depressed because of their symptoms taking so much away from them. Taking away the things they enjoy. Taking away the things that they're used to doing. The things they have knowledge of doing. The careers that they 
chose, and now they got to look into turning things around, making a new hobby, career, lifestyle. It's find some new things that they can enjoy in life, some things that they would have never been introduced to before, something that'll give them more of a purpose make them not feel as useless as we feel when we first get diagnosed with this crap and have to realize how much of our abilities are being taken away and how a good chunk of us go through losing everybody around us. They just don't want to deal with our issues and our problems, so they kind of disappear from your life. It's a hard time of year with winter, period. Uh, if you live in the snowy states, the colder states, it can the getting dark earlier, all that stuff can set depression and suicidal thoughts into motion. And you just got to work around it. You got to find other ways. Other ways to keep your mind and body happy. You never know. You might find something that you're way happier with. I mean, honestly, the wife's been nagging me about a bookstore for so many years. I had the opportunity. I had enough product and stuff. I could have opened a killer comic shop, bookstore, coffee parlor variety of whatever years ago and we never did and i just kept having more and more issues just struggling to keep going with the jobs i had trying to find answers from doctors that don't give two shits about actually finding answers they just want to tell you what they think and if you don't believe them they get pissed and toss you aside instead of listening to what you had to say and maybe learning something from us and actually getting our diagnosis earlier because if i would have got it many years earlier i would have definitely changed my life completely around from that from the journey i did take because the journey was hard and tough and every job i had was very strenuous and hard to do and hard on the body and on the mind but I enjoyed them when I did them I hated the days that I had to deal with a lot of issues but I just didn't know what those issues were and I struggled around them and yeah they affected a lot of things I mean I worked in machine shops and there were periods where I had a bunch of problems and missed a bunch of days and basically almost lost the job because of that, but worked around it, figured out different ways to get through it. As a supervisor, as manager, as op head operator, as store operator, and I ran crews, I ran Construction crews, moving crews, 
logging crews. Uh, there's just so many jobs I can't even think of half of them. But pretty much everything from eight years old to 48 years old that I did, I pretty much made the top spots. Management, owner, foreman, supervisor, head whatever. Everywhere I went, I did my best. I ended up being one of the best employees everywhere I did work. But then issues happen. And before I got fired, I would leave those jobs and go to a different job and start some new new career and go from there. And just kept working around things. And till many, many, many years later, I mean, I could have easily been diagnosed 30 years earlier and changed my lifestyle, but no, I had to wait forever until my body was so broken down. I was in secondary progressive MS. Then it was too late, but I'm running out of time here. So I'll be right back with a discussion about depression and all that stuff that comes with it right after this. I got a comic deal for you. Just send the amount of the donation that you want to spend and you will get the comic shipped to you. Send it to PayPal at KevinTheDuckPool at gmail.com. Inside the U.S., for a $15 donation, you can get a Gemini box with five random comics in it. For a $30 donation, you can get a priority mail padded flat rate envelope with 12 random comics in it. For a $100 donation, you get a Priority Mail Medium flat rate box with 40 random comics in it. Comics are in fair to very good condition, may have been used on the podcast, may have never been read. International people, for a $50 donation, you can get a Priority Mail padded flat rate envelope with 12 random comics in it. And a $125 donation gets a Priority Mail Medium flat rate box with a 40 with 40 random comics in it. Put a message in the notes of what your donation is for, and we will get that out to you as soon as we see it. All right. Let's look more into this depression thing. Disrupted nerve signals between the brain, spinal cord, and the rest of the body cause symptoms of MS. These symptoms can vary from person to person and change over time. This article says that it's got some unusual symptoms of multiple sclerosis. All right, getting scratchy throat already. I better take a drink. Try and get through this without going completely hoarse. Yesterday was a pretty rough day. I did a bunch of mini preview episodes of things that are coming out in the future and pretty much wore my vocal cords out. They say tremors aren't unusual symptoms. Yeah, I can see that. Tremors often affect a limb, but some patients have also reported them in the head, torso, and even vocal cords. 
Tremors occur because they are damaged areas known as plaques along the complex nerve pathways that are responsible for coordination of movements. I've had tremors in all parts of my body, even my kneecap. That one's happened multiple times recently. For some reason, I'll get up and when I start walking, my kneecap's just vibrating away. You can watch it, the skin pulling in and out. It's weird. There's itching is a less common symptom. Which is caused by damage to the nerves in the skin or nerves that send signals to the skin. Hearing loss. Some people with MS report hearing loss due to disease activity in the auditory nerve. But they say a symptom is so rare that MS patients who are experiencing hearing loss should see a hearing specialist to see if other factors could be causing the issue. I got this piercing, vibrating, electrifying thing in my left ear right now. I got an appointment set up next month for that. My ear, nose, and throat doctor. The MS hug, I mean, all these are symptoms that I, I've had, so I don't look at them as being unusual <laughs> symptoms. MS hug is a type of neuropathic pain triggered by a lesion on the spinal cord that causes the tiny muscles between the ribs to go into spasms. Some people say the pain causes them to have difficulty breathing. Others report diff- discomfort was severe enough to make them believe they were having a heart attack. So I've been in the emergency room because of MS hugs and they never find anything. Eye pain. This pain caused by optic neuritis may get better or worse over the course of a progression of MS. Uh, Trouble swallowing. I mean, I don't see these dysphagia. I don't see these as unusual symptoms. I see these as normal symptoms. I don't know. This person that wrote this article, I hope they didn't get paid much for it. Speech problems. Got them all the time. That's why I do a podcast to help with my cognitive issues. Seizures. Those are, I mean, some of these are, they're there. I mean, they may not happen regularly, all these things, but many of us have them every now and then. Breathing problems and headaches. Uh, I don't know how that article came up when I was searching depression because depression wasn't even part of it. <laughs> I mean, all those issues can make you depressed. Uh, but uh, <laughs> all our symptoms make us depressed in one way, shape, or form. Uh Let's see. Jeez, I just, I picked the wrong things for these. I mean, basically, 
it sucks. You're going to have to change your lifestyle. You're going to have to find a whole new way to come up with things to do. It's like, I used to do tattooing. I used to do, be into other art stuff. And now I'm looking into getting into painting because painting, if my hands are jerking and vibrating and having all kinds of things going wrong with them, I can sit there and paint over my mistakes. Whereas if I'm tattooing on someone's flesh and my jerking causes the needle to hop out of the aperture and stick deeper into a person's flesh or <laughs> you run a line that's just out of whack and you got to cover it up and just keep covering and covering and covering end up with a huge tattoo instead of a smaller tattoo if they wanted it. Uh, construction, stuff like that. It got to the point where I couldn't even take carry a one by four few foot long in my hand without dropping it. Uh, the muscles wouldn't squeeze hard enough to hold things or they got so weak that they dropped things. I can't carry tresses and stuff like that like I used to be able to and big pieces of wood. Uh, my hands get fatigued real quickly uh, using air tools. I can go a little further, but when I get into hand tools, I'm lucky if I can do one to two bolts or whatever I'm working with. I was a mechanic. Got to the point where I couldn't use my hands to rip motors apart, build things. Uh, lumber, I got so bad that after I woke up paralyzed, I still went out and chopped wood and sold cords of wood to make some money on the side. And me and Rich would be out doing it and I'd drop the chainsaw or I'd, my back would give out and I just couldn't move. Uh, my legs would stop working. I didn't know I had MS, but I'd fight through it. And, or I'd chain up stuff and get in the truck and drag it and do stuff like that. That was less harmful for my issues. But then it sucks because the other person's doing all the other grunt work and it's just... Given the prevalence of depression and increased risk of suicide in the MS population, any clinician providing care for these patients must be prepared to recognize and respond to potential warning signs. Uh, well, yeah. I could go on and on about my jobs and all the different troubles I had over the years and why I had to change them, but I just had to find different ways to do things and find different aspects of life that made me happier. And I got back into comics and that's made me happier. I got into podcasting and that I enjoy. I got into some, a work group that looks into chronicpreneur jobs, uh, jobs we can do from home, stuff like that. And 
I mean, hell, if I could get to a point where I could do enough off my computer and be able to be anywhere, I'd go sit on an island, drink Mai Tais on the beach, kick back, and just sit there and do my job right from the beach. That'd be great. But I'm sure that'll never happen. But <laughs> it would be nice and enjoyable. Uh, let's see. that. Depression is common in MS. The incident per 100,000 people is 979. So 1 in 10 is that or something like that. Equal to that of anxiety, bipolar affective disorder, and psychosis combined, all of which have elevated rates relative to the general population. Ah, the effects of depression on lives of people with MS are widespread and significant. Depression is a major determinant of, of quality of life. When severe, it can exert a negative effect on cognition by reducing cognitive capacity and slowing processing speed. Uh, given the high prevalence of Depression in people with MS. These observations take on a pressing clinical relevance. The morbidity and mortality associated with depression in people with MS should, however, be viewed alongside data. We don't need to review anything else alongside data. We know people are depressed, we're on a higher rate of depression drugs and other things and just not getting any better and then the drugs themselves cause other issues that make you even more depressed and then a lot of people bump, jump off them without thinking about it and going off it slowly and then they that can set off suicidal uh, actions Uh, they say whether MS is associated with a higher rate of suicide remains controversial. They searched for studies that measured the suicide risk in MS patients. And all these things that I clicked on, everything's coming up as a study, and I don't care about studies. I just want answers. I want other options for people, different things that they can do. Um, this one says risks of attempted and completed suicide appears to be elevated in people with MS. However, results have been inconsistent. It's like, so why constantly talk about results, talk about ways to fix things. Don't talk about things that you don't know the exact numbers for. And if you do have suicidal issues, definitely contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. Get a hold of them. They also have online chat that you can get for free if you want to talk to someone there. I also... I'd like them to become a sponsor of my podcast eventually, but 
I am a big, big proponent for BetterHelp. BetterHelp.com. It's private therapy anytime, anywhere. You can talk to a therapist. That's uh, a great, great thing that should have been out there a lot sooner. But it's out there now, so it's good for people to take advantage of. You pay a low flat fee for unlimited therapy with your therapist instead of forking out hundreds and thousands of dollars a month just to go see someone. And then you have to go to their office. And then that also sets off extra depression, having to run to more appointments. But this way you can do it right in out of your own home or out of your car, wherever you are. You can contact someone and talk to them. I definitely support BetterHelp.com. Depression, God, more percentages. More and more freaking percentages. And then similar articles. Oh, why would I want similar articles if you're not giving me anything? Uh, Let's see. Evidence for the effectiveness of depression treatments in MS is limited, but available evidence supports the effectiveness of standard treatment approaches, including both cognitive behavioral therapies and antidepressant medications. Uh, You just, you got to accept that this is your life now. You got to accept that you got to find things that can make your life more enjoyable. You got to accept that you may have to try some things that you never wanted to or never thought of trying. But, hey, look into them. See if you find something that sounds a little interesting and try it. You can always quit. You don't have to. Do what you used to. You don't have to like anything that gets put in front of you or offered to you. There's lots of great groups now, online groups, specifically for things that you're looking for. If you just want male or female, they have those. Uh, If you're looking for just individuals that are down on their luck, depressed, stuff like that, you can find things. If you're looking for people that are trying to find ways to work outside the chronic conditions that we have and work around things that may or may not, may have or may possibly be doing harm to your current job or a job you used to have. Um, There's so much stuff out there you can research and find to get into, but you also got to look at with depression is anxiety disorders, anxiety, stress, mental illness, all that can be triggers for depression also. Like, I don't know what that, that don't make sense. Anxiety disorders like the kind experienced by coats are the most common form of mental illness among adults. I don't know what Coates is. 
including those aged 55 and older, according to the report, these conditions, such as panic attacks, phobias, and obsessive-compulsive disorder, are important but understudied conditions in older adults. Uh, older adults are more likely to suffer from anxiety as depression. And anxiety and depression are so so close to being similar. Things like smoking. If you are smoking and you're trying to quit because you find found out it's not good for MS, and I'm not a preacher about it. I did smoke from a very young age into my 30s, I believe. I stupidly didn't write down the year that I quit. I really wish I would have wrote down the month and year I quit. I didn't expect to quit. I did a cold turkey as at a dart tournament, smoked probably three packs of cigarettes that day, tossed my pack on the way home when I was walking home in the dark and just gave up smoking and never went back. And I was glad I never did, but it's been like 20 years and I still think about it, but don't crave it. I think about it at certain times. There's better things to smoke nowadays. There's other things you can do to keep your mind off of smoking. Get yourself some hobbies and stuff. And it's like you can't smoke inside of many places anymore, so that makes it a little easier. Don't want to stand out in the middle of winter. Smoking cigarettes, freezing your ass off. It's not enjoyable, even though you may think it is. Yeah. Yeah, they got a lot of research to do on anxiety and anxiety disorders and depression and all that. They just don't have no good facts laid out here. And a lot of these are from some of the main sites, the main medical, web medical sites. So you would think they have more answers for us. Uh, this one obviously didn't know that I was looking at depression because all it talks about is MS. And the complications with multiple sclerosis that they do give are changes in gait, fatigue, loss of balance or coordination, muscle spasms, muscle weakness, tingling or numbness, especially in the legs or arms. Difficulty walking that may result in knee in a cane, walker, or wheelchair. Loss of bowel or bladder control. Memory problems. Sexual difficulties. But they don't talk about depression. So that doesn't make sense. They talk about mental health counseling. You can get work with a neuropsychologist or getting other emotional support is the essential part of managing the disease. Uh, yeah, it's, oh, here we go. 
Depression is very common in people with MS. In fact, symptoms of depression severe enough to require medical intervention affect up to half of all people with MS at some point during their Ill- illness. And my depression has gone down a little, but then it goes back up and then down and up. This goes all over the place, and a lot of it's because of the time of year or the mobility of my body. And when things stop working, then it gets way worse. Depression may be the result of a difficult situation or stress. It is easy to understand how having MS with its potential for progressing to permanent disability can bring on depression. Depression might be actually caused by MS. MS may affect the insulating myelin that surrounds nerves, which transmits signals affecting mood, which I totally understand because as my MS progressed, so did my attitude, my mood swings, my mood changes. I just don't give a fuck. It just gets to that point where you're just like, fuck it. I can't do shit. I don't care what anybody has to say. Just like, leave me alone and let me wallow in my pain. That's not a good thing to do. That's just going to take you in a deep, dark hole. It's going to make it worse. Depression is also a side effect of some drugs used to treat MS, such as steroids or interferon. I'm not a promoter of steroids unless you have a really bad issue and you need to get somewhere. Go for it. Do your five-day steroid stint in the hospital or whatever. But it's like in reality, if I sit at home and just curl up in a ball and suffer through it, I usually get through it within five days myself. So I'd rather be at home doing that than sitting in a hospital hooked up to steroids shit. And steroids get me amped, so if I'm in a hospital and I get a ton of energy, what good is that going to do? I'm going to walk up and down the aisles with my IV hooked up to me and my ass crack hanging out. (laughs) Heat and humidity, that can make things worse with the depression because it just... Your limbs start having problems. You start having more neurospasticity issues. Uh, just all kinds of problems. Can sue from different types of weather changes. Some people have heat intolerance. Some have cold intolerance. Some have both. I have different things that happen with each of them. So it's... But yeah, MS is a disease that affects the central nervous system, the brain, the spinal cord, and optic nerves. It's an autoimmune disease that causes your immune cells to mistakenly attack your healthy nerve cells. These attacks lead to inflammation and damage to the myelin sheath that covers and protects our nerve cells. This damage causes neurological symptoms such as loss of balance, vision problems, muscle weakness, and on and on and on. Several effective treatments exist for MS. They're not effective. They're treatments that help stay off future relapses, but we don't know whether or not those relapses would have happened with or without the medication, and if we would have had more or not. 
these medications reduce relapses and help slow the progression of the disease. Most people with MS are able to manage their symptoms and lead full active lives. And if you're lucky enough, some of us, it takes a while to get into a more active life again with the disease after going through a major relapse or exasperation or flare up or whatever. But the best thing to do is just form some habits that stick. Form find some happy things that make you happy that you can just try and do. You may not make money off them right away. You may never make money off them, but you have to adapt your brain and your body to new, new types of thinking, new ways of thinking. Uh, they say the process of building a habit can be divided into four simple steps. The cue the craving response, oh, the craving response and reward. So, first, the cue. The cue triggers your brain to initiate a behavior. It is a bit of information that predicts a reward. Our prehistoric ancestors were paying attention to cues that signaled the location of primary rewards like food, water, sex. Today, we spend most of our time learning cues that predict secondary rewards like money and fame, power and status, praise and approval, love and friendship, or sense of personal satisfaction. Of course, these pursuits also indirectly improve our odds of survival and reproduction, which is deeper mo- uh, the deeper motive behind everything we do. Is it really? Do we really have to reproduce? Do we not have enough people in this world? We're talking having 10 billion here and by 2050. And come on, we don't really need this many people on the planet. They're just destroying everything. We're not getting any smart ones coming out of the pack anymore. (laughs) Uh, They're getting dumber. Your mind is continuously analyzing your internal and external environment for hints of where rewards are located because the cue is the first indication that we're close to a reward. It naturally leads to a craving. Cravings are the second step of the habit loop and they are motivational force behind every habit. Without some level of motivation or desire, without craving a change, We have no reason to act. What you crave is not the habit itself, but the change in state it delivers. You do not crave smoking a cigarette. You crave the feeling of relief it provides. You are not motivated by brushing your teeth, but rather by the feeling of a clean mouth. You do not want to turn on the television. You want to be entertained. Every craving is linked to a desire to change your internal state. This is an important point that we'll discuss, uh, that we're going to talk about later, apparently, if I talk about it. Depends how far I read this shit. But I'm running out of time now, so I guess I'll come back for one more segment after this.
Okay, let's get back to these habits to change or how we feel, how we react. The next one was cravings differ from person to person. In theory, any piece of information could trigger a craving, but in practice, people are not motivated by the same cues. For a gambler, the sound of a slot machine can be a potent trigger that sparks an intense wave of desire. For someone who rarely gambles, the jingles and chimes of the casino are just background noise. For me, they're just annoying. (laughs) Cues are meaningless until they are interpreted. The thoughts, feelings, and emotions of the observer are what transform a cue into a craving. The third step is response. The response is the actual habit you perform, which can take the form of a thought or an action. Whether a response occurs depends on how motivated you are and how much friction is associated with the behavior. If a particular action requires more physical or mental effort than you are willing to expend, then you won't do it. Your response also depends on your ability. It sounds simple, but a habit can occur only if you are capable of doing it. If you want to dunk a basketball but can't jump high enough to reach the hoop, well, you're out of luck. Don't set goals that you're never going to reach, or you may reach them eventually, but set goals to get you to that goal. Don't set goals at that goal, expecting it to happen overnight. Finally, the response delivers a reward. Rewards are the end goal of every habit. The cue is about noticing the reward. The craving is about wanting the reward. The response is about obtaining the reward. We chase rewards because they serve two purposes. They satisfy us and they teach us. The first purpose of rewards is to satisfy your craving. Yes, rewards provide benefits on their own. Food and water deliver the energy you need to survive. Getting a promotion brings more money and respect. Getting in shape improves your health and your dating prospects. But the more immediate benefit is that rewards satisfy your cravings to eat or to gain status or to win approval. At least for a moment, rewards deliver contentment and relief from craving. Second, rewards teach us which actions are worth remembering in the future. Your brain is a reward detector. As you go about your life, your sensory nervous system is continuously monitoring which actions satisfy your desires and deliver pleasure. Feelings of pleasure and disappointment are part of the feedback mechanism that helps your brain distinguish useful actions from useless ones. Rewards close the feedback loop and complete the habit cycle. If a behavior is insufficient in any of the four stages, it will not become a habit. Eliminate the cue and your habit will never start. Reduce the craving and you won't experience enough motivation to act. 
make the behavior difficult and you won't be able to do it. And if the reward fails to satisfy your desire, then you'll have no reason to do it again in the future. Without the first three steps, a behavior will not occur. Without all four, a behavior will not be repeated. So you gotta do all four of those things if you want to get a habit that that becomes a continuous thing and constantly repeat it throughout and keep the habit going. And that's more, more of the same stuff there, changing habits. Identify a habit you would like to change. When did the habit begin or when do you first remember doing it? Has the habit changed over time? If so, describe the changes that you have noticed. When do you typically engage in the habitual behavior, day and time? Do you engage in the habit in a specific location? What else is usually happening in your life when the habit occurs? Does your behavior affect other people or facets of your life? What does the habit do for you? How happy or unhappy are you as a result of your habits? Or what are, are the rewards? Uh, yeah, that's more for changing habits and not lifestyle stuff, though, which I wanted to get more into. But, but you got to keep things active. You got to keep things going. Keep your mind content and busy. I mean, hell... If you want to get into comics, let me know where you live. You pay the shipping, I'll send you a box of comics. I don't care. You don't have to pay for the comics themselves. You just got to cover the shipping part, though, because I'll gladly help someone get into comics. Uh, But you just got to stay away from that depression. We got to find things to keep the mind active. Depression is a major predictor of suicide. People with severe depression are twice as likely to commit suicide as those without it, according uh, according to a review. Signs of depression include irritability, difficulty sleeping, persistent sadness, and loss of interest in activities that were once enjoyable. Depression shouldn't be accepted as just a part of having MS. Treatment for depression can include medication, cognitive behavioral therapy, other forms of psychotherapy, or a combination of approaches. Uh, People with MS often react very emotionally to complications like bladder problems, difficulty speaking, etc. But once they learn ways to treat or deal with the symptoms, they become less likely to have suicidal thoughts. Incontinence, for example, usually isn't an unavoidable part of having MS. Medications, nerve stimulation therapies, catheterization, etc. may help. Speech and swallowing problems can be treated with help from speech therapists. If your friend or relative is experiencing bladder balls, speaking or swallowing problems, encourage him to tell his doctor, him or her. 
talk to the doctor yourself, let them know what you're going through, what types of issues you're having and why they're causing you to be more depressed. Uh, just the best thing is to just not focus on the things that bring us down instead of thinking about those things. Look more into finding some type of purpose in your life. There's tons of stuff online you can find. There's even a unstoppable influence has a 21 day challenge to becoming the fearless influencer you're meant to be. So you can do a 28, 21 day trial to see if you can find a purpose in life that you can be happy with. Uh, Let's look at a few tips for finding your purpose in life. Donate time, money, or talent. If there's just one habit you can create to help you find your purpose, it would be helping others. I don't know. And don't be stupid and give money to scammers. There's tons of them out there nowadays. Everybody's looking to steal from everybody else. Listen to feedback. It can be hard to recognize the Things you feel passionate about sometimes, and if someone mentions something, hey, you're really good at this, or you do this a lot, why don't you get into this, or look into doing this? I mean, take it into consideration. Maybe they're right. Surround yourself with positive people. As the saying goes, you are the company you keep. What do you have in common with the people who you choose to be around? We don't need negativity in our life. Anybody has anything negative to say, annoying, stupid, ignorant, whatever, anything that serves no purpose in our life, just push them away. Eliminate them from your life. They'll eventually find out when they have no one around them that, hey, maybe I'm the problem. And then maybe they'll change their ways and then maybe you can bring them back into your life. It does happen. People do change. But start conversations with new people it's easy to browse social media while you're alone on the subway or sitting at a bar waiting for a friend and that's what we said earlier looking at groups there's tons of groups out there social media groups there's live local groups in certain cities and towns and you just gotta look around for them with the internet nowadays it's so easy to look up that stuff Explore your interest. Is there a topic that you are regularly talking about in Facebook status update or in a tweet? And if you're talking about something regularly, maybe that's something that you should put your interest into. Find ways to make that more of a physical thing for your lifestyle and work with it. See what happens. Consider injustices that bother you. Many people have their pet causes or passion projects that surround an an injustice in the world and yeah lots of people nowadays anytime something comes up they come up with new ways to glorify things and make things better and stuff like that for people like covid all of a sudden everybody's making masks everybody's making sanitizer (laughs) everybody's stocking up on toilet paper Uh, Discover what you love to do on the other end of the spectrum. Simply thinking about what you truly love to do can help you find your purpose as well. It's like just focus on those 
things that make you happy and build build a lifestyle around it. We can all learn from each other. And it takes a while. It, we can't just sit dwelling in self-pity. We have to find things to keep us active mentally, emotionally, physically. Do as much as we can that our bodies will allow. And I mean, I love being a mechanic. I love working with my hands. I can't do it anymore. But I can sit down at a table and try and do certain things with my hands, other types of crafty items or building projects or stuff like that. And it may take me a lot longer, but I can still enjoy it and be satisfied with the outcome in the end, usually. There may be some issues along the way, but just got to work around those issues and deal with them. Uh, there's so many things out there nowadays that you may enjoy and not realize that you can make money for enjoying those things. I mean, you can, if you like certain products, you can contact those companies and maybe work a deal talking about those products or getting your hands on with those products and giving reviews of how those products work and if they helped you at all. And people like, <laughs> it's not a good saying, but people like people with chronic conditions and it, because they can focus you to a certain type of group and say, okay, I want you to test these type of things. And I want you to tell like-minded people, people with the same issues as yourself, how those things worked for you. And it's like, okay, you're going to pay me for it too. And you're going to give me free product. What the heck? Why not? I mean, I see people doing product reviews constantly on YouTube and most of them are pretty sad. <laughs> They're not good reviews. Uh, even people that I know that have been doing it for quite a few years, they still suck. <laughs> but they have companies that are setting them up with the shit. And they're able to do it and make a living off it. Podcasting, it's... For us people with MS, it's helped my cognitive issues quite a bit. I still have tons of cognitive issues. I'll always have, I will always have all my issues that I have. I learned to come to accept that because I've, every issue I've had has stuck with me throughout life. It may not be there constantly. It may only come back a couple times a year, it may come back every week, it may come back every day. It just all depends on what's going on. It's like, I got that new issue now or that neuroplastic issue with the, feels like someone's taking a razor blade and slicing me up and then stuffing tiny shards of glass soaked and rubbing alcohol right into the open wounds and then electrifying it. Well, now last night I had bouts of it on both sides of my body repeatedly many times and then I had it right down the center of my rib cage it lit up and went off last night a whole new 
new type of sensation of that feeling and it's just it's not fun it's and there's a cognitive example right there i forgot what the hell i was talking about anyways with that stuff but but yeah everything we deal with it just we just got it's it's harder for us because we have to deal with the issue plus work away to accept the issue and then way a way to work around the issue so we just can't wake up go about our day do our job see our friends do whatever we want come home start the next day over and do that no we can wake up one day and not be able to get out of bed or struggle getting from the bed to the bathroom or somewhere else or struggling throughout the day to do other things and dealing with certain pain issues along the way and all that stuff and we never know what's going to happen we could be walking one minute and dragging our leg the next we could be going up the stairs and tumbling back down the stairs because our legs gave out we could be carrying something and drop it and we could Hopefully it's not a child <laughs> or a small human or a small animal or something. Uh, there's just so many things that can happen throughout our day. And we never know. Just be enjoying yourself, shooting the shit with some friends, family or whatever, having a good time and all that MS hug attacks and you just, you're struggling mentally. Do I just go down on the floor right now, curl up in a ball in pain and suffer through it? Or do I try and hide it as long as I can, which just makes it worse on our body and makes the pain increase. And the duration probably gets extended because we're pushing off effects that we could be doing to try and relieve the pains but you'd really with it being an invisible disease it's you don't really want to show things out in public to people you don't want them to see our pains and we hide a lot of it and that hurts our body more uh you just go on and on there's just so many things that we have to work around and then along the way, we got to deal with assholes, people that look down on us, people that think we're lazy, people that think we're useless parts of society, think we have no purpose, we're liars, we're faking this invisible disease, they can't see what the fuck we're going through, but they sure as hell think that they're doctors all of a sudden and that they can medically diagnose us when even our own doctors can't diagnose us for shit a lot of times. And we can't bring ourselves down because of it. We just got to work around those things and just find those tiny little pieces of life that make us happy. Whether or not they make us rich, make you money, make you survive, who gives a shit? Life is a thing called life. You are born naked. You're slapped. You're given a breath of fresh air. 
which is called life. And you go from that point on, you grow up, you may have a good childhood, you may enjoy your childhood, you may get to live a good childhood. Many people don't get to experience childhood. They're pushed right into adulthood. They go through abuse. They go through family issues. They go through physical issues. They go through all kinds of problems and they never really get to enjoy being a child. But once you get beyond that point, all of a sudden you're thrown into a world that, hey, you earn an income, you pay the government, you pay your all these different insurances to have any type of things that you may enjoy. And if you have any money left, uh, you can maybe do something for yourself. But don't have too much fun. Because if you have too much fun, the man's going to come down and take that fun away. They're going to find some way to turn it around to a bad thing because you're enjoying yourself. It makes no sense that we live in this kind of world. It makes no sense that we can't change this world. We've talked about changing it for many, many, many years. And all it's done, gotten is worse. It's not, I don't see the world getting any better. We may have extra technology now, but it costs you an arm and a limb to keep that technology working. Then you might get a new piece of technology and a few months later that technology can be all screwed up because of certain scammers and websites and things that put viruses into your systems. Uh, people that have to try, always try and destroy things instead of our governments working on dealing with these people and taking these human viruses out of our life. They're spending more time worrying about taking over other people's resources and finding ways to go to war and fight for things that we could just share. We don't need to fight over it. We don't need to keep spitting out a couple dozen kids per family. Did that back when they were first building the countries, but we don't need to do that anymore. We could downsize. We could make it a better place to live in. People could live a longer life, a happier, healthier life. If we all just listened to each other and worked together and took all the negativity and sent them away, put them somewhere else, give them their own freaking country to go destroy whatever they want to do. You on their own freaking planet. <laughs> I don't give a shit. But this shit has to stop. Our politicians are getting richer. The people that they're supposed to be working for are getting weaker and dying out and struggling and suffering. They're not doing nothing about it. But they're surely making sure that they can decorate their three different mansions for Christmas and <laughs> give their families weeks worth of presents and all that shit. And 
tax seasons around the corner, make sure they have all their little scams all set up so they don't have to pay any taxes on anything. And all the person, little old lady that's living off a few hundred dollars a month, they'll make sure they take her, give, cost her a big chunk of tax at the end of the year and take more money from her. She can barely pay for her medications and have any money left for food after she does that. And then she gets hit with a couple extra hospital bills towards the end of the year and everything else she wants to do gets taken away from her because of it. It's like, and it is, I don't know. It's a sad, sad world that we live in and it's not getting any better. But the best thing we can do is just do things to keep our minds active, keep our bodies active, and find things. There's something in you. If you don't, if you have nothing you can enjoy, you're depressed to shit, it's that time of year, it makes depression worse, and all you're doing is thinking of the negativity, just think. Think back in your mind. Go back a few years. Go back to your childhood, your teen years, your early 20s, whatever. And think about what some things that you enjoyed back then that you never tried, never did. Some things that you might have wanted to do or some things today that you want to do or some things you thought of or you might see something or get a little bug up your butt and want to try something different. Try it out. See if you can make yourself happier. Find a different lifestyle, a new lifestyle, something that's not going to tear your body apart part is bad and bring you down is bad it's got to keep that depression away definitely keep the suicidal thoughts away and again national suicide prevention lifeline 1-800-273-8255 and i know i'm not too upbeat today so i'm not really good to talk about (laughs) depression and all that but i have found a few new things that made life better with this damn disease a few hobbies lifestyle things i got a bunch of things in in the books that i want to do that i just haven't come up with time to do because between fatigue and body pains and the things i do am doing and not getting done in time there's not enough time in a day to get a lot of things done and a lot of things take a lot of work. I mean, if you want to get an online presence, there's a lot of different things you got to do online to get you where you want to be. But and I wanted a comic shop. Now I got a comic podcast. I used to do construction. Now I take care of stuff around the house, 24-7 caretaker. Uh, I used to own businesses. Now I'm building businesses online. I used to being the tattoo and art stuff now I'm getting into painting again and it's just there's just so many things you can do out there there's a lot of cool things that are coming out nowadays too I mean 3D printers and all that and there's some fun stuff coming out but again you gotta have the money to do the shit and that sucks but, but I used to build bikes build engines stuff like that now I get into designing stuff i got vr ideas and i'm trying to get the certain developers see if i can get any of them off the ground it's like 
it's years of misdiagnosis cost me a lot and cost many a lot. Useless people, people you can't trust, cost me a lot, took a lot away from me. But I got those people out of my life, don't deal with them anymore. And I changed the other things to make things work better. And that's all you can really do. And it, there's enough of us out there that you can talk to. We're there for you. So get a hold of us. Find us on the websites, on the Facebook pages, the YouTube, Twitters, Twitter sphere, all that stuff. There's plenty of people that you can talk to. Just look into it. You'll find someone who cares enough to, or relates to you in some way, shape, or form. And who knows? Might find a whole new person inside you. It's worth it. Try it. Give it a shot. Do that before you think about suicide and get too depressed. There's better days out there for us. Just got to enjoy the ones we can and take advantage of them. And assisted devices, they don't make you look weird. Screw what people think. They help you, your body last longer, and you can do more things throughout the day by just using a cane, a walker, or whatever. But that's it. I'm running out of time. Be good to yourself. Be good to everybody else. Keep the depression away. Keep your mind happy. We'll get back to you again soon. Take care.